Hey everybody, so when I said we were gonna go hunt the giant monster boss, the party took that like, oh, we're gonna play Monster Hunter. And then I explained to them that it's like similar to Monster Hunter and we were gonna be doing things like Monster Hunter and then they, they got mad at me because I didn't have a bunch of items and shit stocked for them to use against the monster. So they just went and played Monster Hunter anyway. So session's canceled. Um, Yo, DM, I cut off the dragon's tail. What can I do with it? Uh, I don't know. Put it at the end of a doorknob and put it somewhere. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna have some fun with this tonight. <laughs> oh, wait, do wait, the wait, cure wait. you, Coco. <laughs> okay, cries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Not, 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 not your strongest opening, sir. Look, man, I tried. I tried real hard. <laughs> I'm going through some distress at the moment. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah's uh, taking 1d4 poison damage. <laughs> I have, yes. I, it, I, have, it, I have taken the poison condition. Is it poison damage or acid damage? Both. Maybe a little fire damage <laughs> uh, at the end of it all. Uh. <sighs> anyway, welcome back to another riveting episode of the Sessions Cancelled Podcast. Oh, we're it's riveting me. now. I don't know about that. Riveting. I don't know about that. I don't think we, should, I don't think we should lie to people like that. Fine, ribbed for her pleasure. I don't know. What oh, mean, but... whoa! <laughs> hey yo, hey baby, anyway. Demon demonetize JK. You have to be monetized to get demonetized. <laughs> yeah, look, and look, I didn't say anything untoward that the algorithm could pick apart. I didn't say the big, the the bad words. Although we're ninety seconds in, I can say them now. No, it's not oh, ninety anyway. seconds, sir. It's seven minutes. <laughs> Damn it! Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> oh, they changed it. Yes. Oh. Uh, welcome back. It's me, your boy. I'm here with uh, Josh and the one, Matt. The one. I, Hi. All right. All right. Just cut me off. I was, I was gonna so say. I was gonna say a thing. I was gonna make a goof. So oh, make the goof. So nope. nope. <laughs> Matt, it's Fair been enough. a week. It's only been one week. It's a week Fair every enough. time. <laughs> one week every time. It's not been no, that long. No, I mean, you, wait, you it's said time it took to you to respond. It took so long. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, maybe that that might be true. <laughs> oh, I, my I, goodness. Oh, Never mind. <laughs> okay. Everything's fine. All right. Well, y'all, you know, I, I had me. Uh, so I was playing Rogue Trader um, and I had me a think. Right. I, I was I, I was thinking me that. uh there's a lot of situations where I feel like you could use some like mechanics or like scenarios in 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 video games that are not necessarily like RPG like like they are TTRPG like things like XCOM uh or not really XCOM because there's some interesting stuff you can take from XCOM and Fire Emblem like mechanically that would be interesting but like games like Devil May Cry uh and you can put that into in TTRPG and make that like an interesting scenario uh-huh. So that's yeah. what today's about. I mean, it is worth pointing out Rogue Trader is based on a tabletop game. So No, I I, I know. The correlation like, I was is Rogue Trader. more direct on that one. Yes. Well, that's I, I actually had some examples from Rogue Trader that I took out because of that exact thing. I, um, fair enough. But before we get into it, Josh, do you, do you want to tell the, the our loving audience something? Yes, yeah, squeeze my neck. What? This motherfucker giving me shit. <laughs> Uh, follow or subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, and then squeeze nice. my nads. <laughs> and then tell your friend to subscribe. I mean, 
You can lightly suggest. We don't need to be bossy. <laughs> no, be bossy. Make firm statements. All right, well. If they don't subscribe, I will come to their house and fight them to the death. To the death? Mortal combat. Yes. Uh, all right, that seems extreme, but all right. I guess. Look, if they win, they get to be part of a podcast. That's cool. Is that how that works? If they win, they supplant <laughs> you? Yes. I see. I see. Interesting. Good luck. Interesting technique. I mean, yeah, good luck. So, yeah, boys, that's going to be the, the the topic for today. It's it's mm-hmm. what cool mechanics can we pull from games? Uh, they don't necessarily have to be video games, but I don't I can't suggest someone figure out some cool mechanics from Monopoly and put that in your TTRPG. Well, Monopoly is going to stick with video games. Monopoly is a terrible game anyway, so it's fine. I rude. It's a fucking bad game. I don't know what to tell you. I love Monopoly so much. I fucking you leave despise me alone. Monopoly. Terribly designed like board be- game. You don't like being a tycoon and owning all of it's the property. It's a horribly designed board game. There's no. I will say the, the video game version does make it go by a lot faster. It's not than about the, the speed. Board game. The speed is not my problem. My problem is that it is a poorly designed game. <laughs> but we don't. We don't it's, it's it's look. If you want, we could do an entire episode about why I think Monopoly's fucking hot trash. But we don't need. Yeah, to do talk that to right. the people who I are actually, spending thousands on Monopoly Go. <laughs> I actually do want to have that episode now. Holy shit. <laughs> Where we just complain about Monopoly? Well, you, well, you complain about Monopoly and we just listen fascinated. I, uh, weird weird choice, but sure. Uh, Actually, just Josh in a full, like, like the teacher blazer with the fucking elbow pads. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hair tied up in a bun with the big, thick glasses. Oh, hell yeah. And this is why Monopoly <laughs> is shit. Just sits across the desk and stares at the class. I'd have, I'd have fun with that class. Hmm. In other news, I, I, don't, too. I don't know what these video games are you talk about. I'm an adult. I don't play these silly games. It's oh, ridiculous. I, I play real games like taxes. Yeah, let exactly. Me just, let me just check I do Josh's my taxes. time on Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> I, I do show. I do my taxes <laughs> and read the Encyclopedia Britannica like an adult. Mm. Cover to cover. I, sm- I, I smoke I on my corncob pipe and read the paper like an adult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> To, with my New York corn cop or porn cop. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just had a Freudian slip. I don't know what he said, to be honest. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I read the paper with my New York Times subscription that I obviously have. Oh, not corn cob pipe. I meant to say wooden pipe or whatever. No, no. I thought you said porn cob, not corn, corn cob. cob. I was, is I was a, so is a corn cob pipe a thing? Yeah. What the fuck's a corn yeah, cob pipe? Yeah, so uh, it, it, oh. it's actually my <laughs> yeah. So you, so you take a corn I cob, just right? And you shear all yeah, the corn. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Um, someone in my family had one of those. Someone on my Puerto so, Rican side, I believe. I. All right, not to be the the white guy pointing fingers, but like that's a very that's such a Puerto Rican maneuver. <laughs> that's I. That's also a redneck maneuver. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, you, you're right. Bet <laughs> you money you're gonna see some fucking yee ass motherfucker over in Tennessee. Props if you're in Tennessee, by the way, and you're listening to us. Proud of you, bud. Um, <laughs> rocking one of those. <laughs> anyway, fair enough. <laughs> these video games that I speak of, uh, I mean, yeah. I these arcane arts. Yes, yes. Yeah, the things that are turning the frogs gay. Those things. Turning uh, the frogs <laughs> gay <laughs> and the kids. Mm. Video games made my son gay. 
And canceled. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> I don't have a son, so it's, I don't actually have a child, so it's fine. That you know of. I, I'm i very <laughs> confident <laughs> in that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted him to be like, wait. <laughs> no. Nah. Please take us somewhere mm. other than this. <laughs> it's fine. I'm in a mood. Okay. Gotcha. All right, well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was having me a think, boys, uh, the other day and being like, what what are some game like scenarios, levels, objectives that I've like, I've either like had a good time with that I realized could be either sort of transplanted into a TTRPG with some, obviously with some, you know, revisions to the rules because you can't play a level in DMC in, in D&D. You, there's. D&D is not a spectacle fighter. I don't even know how you could do that and have it feel good in the game. Um, I know this was satisfying. I know this wasn't a prompt, but as soon as you said that, my brain started churning the fucking gears about like, how would you do that? And I'm not. I'm not going to get into it, but my brain immediately started shooting ideas out. <laughs> no, 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 because I thought about it too. Don't you worry, yeah, because yeah. basically what you would need to do is you'd have to have some sort of comboing system yeah, that yeah. would allow you to make multiple attacks. Yeah. And if it, the way in my brain, the way it works, right, is the only way you could keep a combo going is if one attack was within a certain threshold number from another attack. So if you need a 15 to hit in D&D, for example, and you need to, let's say you need to roll a 15 to 18, or, or 15 or higher. And then the next time you have to roll 16 or higher, 17 or higher, 18 or higher. And you just have to keep the combo going with matching or higher numbers. And the higher you go, either the more damage you do or it's something you get post combat, like you get more loot or something. That's not exactly where my brain went, but I was in my I was in the thinking in a similar direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, it's good to know. That, like, I, don't worry, because I thought about that while writing stuff down. I'm like, how would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I mentioned this a while ago on podcast, but uh, you guys know the game Dragon's Lair, the Don Bluth animated arcade game? Yes. Yes. There's one trap in it where it's a like a rainbow colored like ramps with balls that Ooh. like swing back and forth and shit. Balls. And I want to use this in a dungeon so that badly, looks... but I haven't been able to think of like a good way to you that do it. I okay. I those listening, if you can, not if you're driving. But if you have the opportunity, look up Dragon's Lair Rainbow Ball Trap, because I don't know how to really describe it, this, but it's, it's basically fucking it's, weird. It's like a, imagine a long hallway that's a skateboard ramp with it's a half pipe. Um, it's a half, yeah, pipe. half pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of uh, broken up into uh, multiple squares and each row has a giant like colorful but ball. That's boulder not there's some rolling up and down the ramp. There's some real trippiness here that I feel like is not conveyed unless you look this up. Because this no, yeah. looks great, like an acid trip. Dumb <laughs> great anime. Awesome. Yeah. I, this is, it's, I, how yeah. would you do this and have it feel... This would be some Frogger bullshit. Right? Yeah, like, it would problem, be... It's like doing uh, it without it like slowing the game or have, being like grinding halt. Because like, if you do it like hypothetically as a combat... That would suck. Well, it's you, like, all right, on your turn, do, do you dodge? Do you fucking Yeah, no, 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 no. I think you'd have to do it like... You'd have to do some kind of timing thing and then say, all right, like, make a check. Like, 
you have to, I think the only way for it to work is you have to test the players actively. It's one of those kind of a puzzles, right? Mm-hmm. Where like, you have to be like, all right, player, you watch the balls go, you know, from A to B and then like what you think the timing is. And then you have to make a statement like, all right, I'm going to jump in three seconds. And then the GM goes, all right, that's the right or wrong timing. And then they jump and you make a check or something like, Mm. Yeah, it would be very weird, but like uh, you could do it for shits and giggles. It's weird. Oh. Is, is this a trap or is this a puzzle or is this both? It's both. So I would say both. Uh, what I was thinking that it would do, right, is you have a D4 for each of the balls. And if someone okay. you, it would only take one check to try to get yourself through it uh-huh. and you might get yourself through it. But if you fail the roll, you'll get bounced either forward or backwards based on even or odd rolls for each ball. So you have... Oh, what is it? Six. And you'll either you can go you can like get stuck in the same position and then try to roll again just to get out pong. of the balls just and just get ping pong back, back and forth. forth. Yeah. <laughs> now, and, and, you know, don't make it do a lot of damage. Make it do like a D4 uh, and keep it at like a level like don't do this past level fucking 10 because the players are going to have way too much HP at that point. But like a level eight and just watch them get ping ponged back and forth and yeah. then them just be like, we did it. Oh, I think it's so no. <laughs> This is some this is some Karaptus Funhouse dungeon nonsense. Yes. Yeah. Kinda love it. <laughs> um to get right. to our first point, which we've spoken about a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean like a lot. We brought it up in at least ten episodes. It's the disable the giant monster. Um oh, God, you see Jesus this. Christ. I know you see this okay. in, we talked about this with shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it a little bit with monster hunter. Um, and the one that I think would be the most interesting or fun personally is the, the near automata fight against angels, the giant like digger boss. Um, uh, the, the, um, the, 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 in the very beginning, the tutorial, the, what is that fucker called with the big angels? Push- Engel, right? Yes, him. Yes, yes. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's my thing. Here's what I'm thinking right off the bat. All right. And this is maybe a little disappointing, but I don't think there's any way. Uh, maybe I should rephrase this. I was about to say I don't think there's as any. There, I, I was going to say, I don't think there's any way to make it make the climb the big monster feel as cool as it does in video games. I'm going to rephrase that slightly. There's no way to make it the same experience because video games are inherently more tactile because controller and controls and an avatar for which you command. But just because this has to be different doesn't mean necessarily has to be lamer. But yeah, so I don't think the goal, I think the goal should not be, let's try that sentence again. The objective shouldn't be to try and make it feel like the video game. I don't think that would be what you try to do, because I don't think you can. Inject the, the, Jesus Christ, dude. The objective, I think, should be to invoke the sensation that fight big monster gives. Am I making sense here? No. Yeah, I get you. So it's less about a one-to-one copy situation. So, well, Hmm. Okay. 
Isaiah, do you have some e- e- example thoughts here? I do, yes. Or, so cause, obviously, cause I just I I was just thinking we maybe want to go through each game example that you listed. Yes. So I, I we'll we'll start with the Shadow of the Colossus one because that's the one we talked uh-huh, about the uh-huh, most. Uh-huh. So obviously, uh, James Hayek they put out a pretty sick uh, like article back in like 2018 called hit the monster for massive damage uh mm-hmm. and the way that it works is that you you give the the players a like colossus sized monster something fucking yoch that you can't yoch. like reasonably do damage to right either it's skin is too thick or it's just too big to care about your vorpal sword um in those situations the players have to either make perception checks or investigation checks to scan the body of the creature. And I believe the article recommends like making them fly around it or, or you know, traverse around the area to like traverse check its body it to reasonably. Yeah. yeah, like you have you yeah. can't just look from the ground up at the big monster and expect to see the weak point. Yes. Um, and this works because in the game Shadow of the Colossus, if you don't know, the whole point of the game is that you are a tiny little human on a really wonkily controlled horse named Agro, my beloved. Uh, and you have to f- travel. Ag- Agro, 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 Shava, hey Shava, Shava, no, don't do it, Shava, Shava, if you played Resident Evil 5 and your Sheva didn't blow herself up with the stupid explosive crossbow or bow or whatever it is, you lived a paradise. <laughs> That's why you play that game in multiplayer. True. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. So you travel around on the horse and you yep. use your sword, which is like a, a, not a MacGuffin, but it's like a plot device item that allows it's a magic, you to. It's a magic sword with plot relevant abilities. Yeah, it, it allows you to to produce a beam of light when when you know raised to the sky, and it will show you the colossuses. And the way that you fought fought well, the way that you well, fight the, a lot of the beam of light points in their direction, and then when you're near the colossus, it points towards their weak spot. Yes, but it's it's it, yeah, you, it's sort of treated like a sting from Lord of the Rings. It glows brighter when you're closer, and less yeah, yeah. so when you're farther, and all that good stuff. But. The way the game works is that you, again, have to shine the light on uh, to the sword, and that will typically, if it's a big open bodied creature, tell you where its weak point point is either um, on the back of its knees, on its stomach, the top of its head, um, the bottom of its feet with the turtle whose name escapes me. Um, and uh, before you can even do that, you have to do things around the area. Like with the turtle, you need to have it step on a geyser. The geyser's heat will let the turtle lift its foot. Then you can shoot it with a bow. The turtle's weak point isn't actually the feet. The feet are to make the turtle fall over. Well, yeah, his to weak fall point over and then is his weak point, I think, is actually on the very top of his shell, but you can't reach it unless he falls over. One like of the them is yeah, where, you, it's, where it's, you wound him one is, is on the top. Yeah, one of them is on his stomach. Um, and then, yeah, the other one's on top of his shell. So the way that you would do this in 5e, obviously, is you'd have a creature that is enormous. Again, too big to actually reasonably hit with any weapons or spells or whatever. I guess you could drop a meteorite on it, but I'd laugh really hard if a player burnt a 9-level spell slot and it went, what if I told you it did nothing? And then just watched them mauled. Um... Yes, and then you would, you know, obviously you'd have to make your perception or investigation checks to try to find the thing, and then when it says when you do hit it, you either kill it outright, because that's the point of the fight, 
uh, like the giant, the the ancient weaver in uh, Dark Souls 2, or you can actually just do damage to the fucking thing. So I like this idea, right? I like this a lot. I haven't had a chance to use it, but I really want to, and I'm thinking about it. Don't you worry, players. Um, but I have sort of put forth a different idea of a similar vein, right? Because the James Hayek rule sort of shows you how to find the thing and how to hit the thing. But mm -hmm. I think the most interesting part of Shadow of the Colossus is ascending the Colossi, right? That's what I, that's what I was about to say. That's the part we're missing. Yeah. So what I yeah. suggest is you take a, a note out of the scab from Descent into Avernus and you create a vertical dungeon, one that only technically speaking moves on one plane. You can go up or you can go down. And what you can do on that is you obviously you you I you can have the players move at half movement. I wouldn't recommend it because the thing is fucking huge anyway, and there's no point because you're just you're just going to half their movements and then have the thing 150 feet tall. Well, I would say half it's the just no, I disagree. Actually, I think you should half their movement because then if a player does have a climb speed, they feel real cool. Fair enough. I'm sort of under the assumption that no one has a climb speed because well, there quite aren't, a few. like there's there's a quite a few options. There's a couple of races that give climb speed as well as stuff like Ranger gives a climb speed. There's there's Fair lots enough. of ways to get a climb speed. I think it's fine. There's also flying races like Aircoco. True. So yeah, uh, you know, fine. We'll, we'll we'll go into something that you have their movement speed. Um, and the only thing that you do, like you don't make them make checks every turn to hold on. That's not. That's just gonna get annoying. And it's it's one of those things where you're just destined to fail eventually. Statistically, you will roll a one, assuming uh, that you're not well, high enough leveled where a rogue can just ignore those things. Disagree um, here. You want them to make checks every turn? Yes, I think so. The thing about Shadow of the Colossus that makes the Colossi, uh, well, it kind of depends on which Colossi you're fighting, but for a lot of them, Part of the thing that makes it is that the climb up the Colossus is quite perilous and you're going to fall down a lot because your uh, stamina meter is, you know, not great. And I think the best way you could potentially represent said stamina meter would be through various checks. I think what you should have to do is basically... Uh, a check that starts relatively easy and then ascends in difficulty every turn or every two, however often you want to do it. It doesn't necessarily the have to be every it, turn, but yeah, as you climb up the beast, it needs to ascend in difficulty because your literal grip, your stamina is running out <laughs> until you get to the top or a flat spot or whatever. Like a couple of the Colossi in Shadow of the Colossus have platforms built into like their bodies essentially so if you mm. could put a platform so if a player could climb up roll onto the platform take a turn to take a breather and then reset their dc back down for example if you want to do something like that so like maybe the dc's 10 they climb up for three rounds the dc's 16 they get to a platform they take a breather dc resets back down to 10 but i think you have to do if you want to do the invoke Shadow of the Colossus specifically, I think you have to do the multiple checks because the climbing and the stamina and the stress from the actual climbing is a vital part of that whole scenario. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Again, and I, until I you get that... to kind of a flat spot or the, yes. or the top. So what I will say is I'm not against them having to make checks. So what I was thinking, right, 
is because this, at the end of the day, the creature is still a boss, a monster, right? Something that is to be fought. And the way that you sort of actualize the checks you have to make is through its layer and legendary actions. So you can give it like one of the layer actions is uh, maybe one of the, the creature has like lice or, or fleas or some sort of insect that like is attached to its body that will try to attack you while you're climbing. And if it hits you, then you have to make a check to hold on. Uh, it could in like you could have a legendary action called shake off where it like it'll try to shake off a part of its body. So like, you know, arms, legs or torso. And you can roll a D3 to, to decide that. And anyone who's currently on that part of the body or all of them, if they're all in one part of the body, that's where you'd have to make a check. And that way it sort of allows players to do some interesting stuff with staggering their distance, maybe trying to take on several limbs at once to distract the creature while someone can climb the head and actually kill the thing. You know, I mean, you could. That's where my is, head was. Is that that's not too drastically different from making a check every turn to climb, you know, like. You're still more or less making a check of return with that. Right? Uh, some players. Well, yeah, so it, it's not every player will have to make a check every turn. That's kind of what I'm worried about is every player having to make a check every turn. Well, here's the thing. So I don't think it would be a situation. I don't think it would be that situation. See, this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because Shadow of the Colossus is a one player game. Um Yes. <laughs> I don't think it would necessarily be that scenario because I think probably what would end up happening is different players would come at it from different ways. You know, the human fighter is just going to be like, all right, fuck it, boys. I'm making athletics checks. But then the Aarakocra Ranger is like, I'm, I'm going to try and fly around him. Uh, <laughs> and then he's going to get swatted out of the sky. And then the human wizard is like, I'm not going to climb. I'll like support you guys from down here because I'm probably going to get fucked up if I fall. I don't think everyone's going to end up doing the same thing for the most part. So I think you'll probably be all right in that regard. And also, I think it's fine if you want to say you don't have to make a check if you don't try to climb any higher. Like if you just want to hold your position, then you no check required. You only make the yeah, check if okay. you're trying to get higher. I was going to ask, did you look up the normal like yeah, they're whatever. Dungeon Master Guide rules? Yeah, I've looked at them before. They're whatever. They're, it's they're just fine. a grapple. It's a grapple. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're whatever. They're meh. Yeah, uh, I looked yeah, at them forever I will say, ago. You brought up a good point, the the wizard, because I was thinking about this too. Um, Look, typically I'm not one for taking away options from players during situations like this. I think you're going to pretty reasonably have to just say you cannot teleport on top of this thing if you play anything higher than seventh level. Because once they get Dimension Door, they're like, oh, there's Dimension Door. Either I give it know. more than one weak spot or well, just don't let them do it. Well, Isaiah, well, no, you're, for, if, you're forgetting about something that Shadow of the Colossus does. The weak uh, spot the moves. Move. No, the weak spot does, moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, whatever. It's got multiple, yes. Yeah, so they Dimension Door one and then it moves. Then they have to you go know, find they, the other one. I mean, also, if, if they dimensioned or grab the fighter, they go. The wizard, that's his turn. That's it. Next True. turn, if the fighter doesn't get the chance to stab the thing before the creature's turn, then you could just be like, the creature will use a legendary action to and move the weakness. You. And you're like, ah, son of a bitch. Or that. Yeah. Oh, so that, I hadn't even he thought about that. Forward, yeah. He was yeah. Damn. I hadn't even thought about that. Using a legendary action to move weak points. That's, yeah. that's clever. I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, because that happens because it's Shadow of the Colossus, right? It, it doesn't happen on the first like 
three, I want to say. But after that, after a certain point, you stab the weak spot and then it goes away and you have to find I didn't it again. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, you, when you use basically the weak spots games, so. have individual health pools. So yeah. once you drain that weak spot's health pool, it deactivates and then another weak spot will show up. Mm. Not that you and know. It, it, you don't know that that health pool, by the way. It's not it's invisible health pool. Yeah, it's in, it's invisible, oh. it, but it will never go back to the old one. Yeah. Like once that one's done, it's done. Or there's certain okay. creatures like if I remember the eel, the awful lake eel that nobody wants to ever fight because it's terrifying. Um, uh-huh. The weak spot doesn't move on that one, but uh, you hit it and it dives back underwater and you have to like recrawl onto it every time because it keeps diving yeah. and ditching you. Yeah, so it's it's for reference, Matt. The the one we're talking, hmm. it's like an eel. It's with horrifying. Like a, it's like an it's electric eel. Fucking, I'm, it's like a hundred feet long, it's the and it's in an underground fight. lake. Yeah, it's yeah, terrifying. I've see, I've I don't seen have some of the fights. I do not have thalassophobia, but that thing gives me thalassophobia. It is fucking terrifying. That thing. It is crazy <laughs> how scary it is. It's a fucking PS2 game, and that thing is horror incarnate. Yeah, it's the yeah, worst. No. Hate it. Okay, not quite really. What's your favorite Colossus, Josh? Oh God! Uh, uh, fuck! You caught me out on. Uh, I have to look him up. Okay, hold on. Um. Hmm. Trying to remember. Um, uh. Okay. I'm looking at a list. Of, I like um, the giant one. The one where it's just a dude with a big sword. Yeah. yeah oh, that's number three. That's three. Knight. Yeah, that's Gaius. Gaius. Oh, Gaius is cool. Oh, okay. Um. The bird is cool. Avion, that's my favorite. I love um, Avion so much. Big Sky Desert Dragon's pretty sick. Um, oh, Phalanx, yeah, is that my yeah, boy? yeah, Phalanx. Uh, Poseidon actually, sucks. <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many cows. Uh, I wouldn't call them cows. Cow, cow, uh, four-legged ones. Four-legged ones, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's, so yeah. There, the there's Kieran. There's... I do the one that kind of looks like a buffalo or like a bison. I think is might be my the underwater one. No, 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 no. The the four legged dude. He's got the he's got the like bison horns. Got the uh, fucking I what the hell is his name? Quadra Quadra. What is this, this fucker's name? He's got the like <laughs> trying to Quadratus. Yes, him. Yeah, he's got yeah, the big yeah. Okay, minotaur yeah, looking horns. Cool. He might yeah, be yeah. It actually might be him. I do also like the tiger one. Hmm. The tiger's cool. Cerberus? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Or Cenobia, I believe is what it's called. Oh, yeah. Here he is. Cool. Or no, Leo. Leo is what you're mm-hmm. thinking of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Moving the weak point. Uh, definitely a thing. The other thing is, I don't know that you have to even restrict the wizard that much because, again, you know, the dimension door to the head stabbed the weak point. Okay, you did a bunch of damage, right? Because it does do a lot of damage to Child of the Classes when you do manage to hit the weak point. Um, and then it moves, and now you have to make the checks and or look around and do the necessary work to find it again, you know? Like, hmm. there's still... There's still effort there, you know, and yeah. And also, if the wizard dimension doors onto a specific area and then grabs onto the fur or whatever, uh, which is usually what you're grabbing in the case of Shadow of the Colossus is the fur. um, 
then the the Colossus uses a legendary action and smush wizard. Like, imagine, yeah. if you will, the wizard teleports onto, like, the Colossus's rib cage and, like, grabs on. He's like, all right, guys, the weak point's right here. And then he he's like, all right, next turn, I'm going to stab him. Then he ends his turn and, the like, swatting a mosquito off of you, the Colossus just slaps his rib cage real quick and the wizard just falls. <laughs> just yeah. uh, I mean, explodes. That, yeah, that explodes and the, falls to the ground. I mean, that is part of the, uh, the normal climbing rules, too, or climbing onto a bigger re- creature's rules. What? larger creature can dislodge a smaller creature as an action knocking them off scraping them grabbing them yeah. however you you know thrashing against the wall by making athletics check or see i would i would say know. it's a straight up like attack and if and mm-hmm. you have to make a check to try and hang like i don't even know you might not even get a check if it hits you you might just fall off because <laughs> if you get squished watched, by a big boy like that i don't know i, I, yeah, I would a say stream where uh someone was like one of the players the barbarian climbed up onto the dragon and so the, the DM's like, okay, the dragon's going to try and fly and corkscrew in midair. Barbarian, I need to make an act, athletics check to hold on. And he's like, oh, God, thank God I'm raging. <laughs> <He's> yeah. <like> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your barbarian players would have a lot of fun with this. Yes, because right. it, it lets them uh, it lets them be dumb smart. They get to be dumb barbarian, but also big yes. smart. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would probably say leave it up to an attack as well, because that way, you know, uh, a, a lucky low roll and like this is purely for like the cinematics of it like someone's like oh god the wizard and then the thing tries to smush yeah. it and you just see the flickering shield spell as the wizard's yeah. like oh my god yeah. yeah well that's the <laughs> thing right I, then- I think if you're gonna fight a big monster and the wizard is going to make the choice that I'm gonna try and get on this thing and do the physical athletics of climbing it I think your wizard has to have being more danger than everyone else. Like you yeah. should attack them, make them make athletics check. Like if they're going to try it, it they got to, they're going to have a hard time because they're the fucking wizard. You know, like, I think you got to let your, I think this is honestly in this particular scenario. I think this is a case where your marshals are just going to be cooler and better. <laughs> and you just, you should let them just be cooler. Honestly, and better. Good. Yeah. Just yeah, good. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like just let them in that. this scenario. Yeah, exactly. Um, how would and, you take, adventurous gear into this well i mean i like, was trying to I think mean, about they're that like pythons and shit too. yeah pythons, I don't know. climbing gear it, rope. De- it, it depends honestly i you could try and like go through the gear and make all these little subsystem rules i probably i would just say if the player can give me some sort of good fish fictional justification for how they're using x y or z piece of adventuring gear you know, maybe I give them advantage. Maybe I lower the DC. Maybe I say they get one free turn of climb. Like maybe if they use the pythons, they can climb one round without making a check. You know, just do it on the fly. I think is is how I would handle it yeah. in this case. Well, I th- so I think you'd only really need a because yeah, the, the climbing gear has like the rope, the pythons, and all that. You'd basically yeah. just be like for pythons, you you rather than falling off if you fail the check, you fall like. A certain number of feet, right? Because the pythons are they're they're the anchors that keep you locked in. So yeah, can, but then the question also becomes: Do you have enough? Because like pythons only work if you tie yourself to them. Which yeah, you got, you got the time to tie yourself to the. I mean, I guess if you say I'm going to take my turn to set up my pythons, and then I'll try and climb the next turn, you could say something like along those lines. Yeah, well, well, I don't. I don't remember what it's called, and, and maybe this is. I I feel like this is a thing I've heard somewhere where you only ha- you have like 
you know, three or four set pythons are like already attached to a harness and then you like lock them in and unlock them as you go up. So you could like, uh, you just climb with a more, hammer in your mouth. I think that's a more modern version of the thing, but maybe. Hmm. Yeah, so I yeah. would say like, there's you, a yeah, lot of, I, I, <laughs> if you had a, lot of a climbing, you could come up with. Yeah, if you had a climbing kit, and I guess this only really matters if a player has one. At the very least, rope, right, right? Right, You can say that, like, you know, if you move a quarter movement, you don't have to make a check or something. Because you're using the rope to, like, anchor yourself, and you're, like, slowly, meticulously. You could do stuff like that, but at some point, the players would get bored. They just wouldn't, wouldn't want to, like, only use the rope. It would be their, like, oh, I don't want to get destroyed this round. So I feel like it wouldn't be that much of a thing. <laughs> well, also, I think yeah. a lot of the... Cl- the climbing gear stuff kind of assumes you have the time to set up the climbing gear, which you sort of don't in a situation like this. Right? True. Like, well, you have, to, you have like a like, grappling hook at the very least. How much is a grappling hook helping you on a big monster? You know, like uh, it could, if you it lie, could like, move, you, it could shake it off. It could pull it out. It might be its skin might be too tough. Like there's a lot of like, you know, like climbing gear. Yeah. You know, like setting up belays, pythons, and fucking pulleys, and the, sh- the the spiky shoes and everything. That's like a lot of work, and requires time to like get it all ready to go. You know that you wouldn't have fighting a colossus probably. <laughs> so I think that's part well, yeah, of it too. Probably, I mean, if you didn't fight it, like if you ran into it, yeah, you probably wouldn't have the time. But assuming that you like like Shadow of the Colossus, well, he, you knew it was coming. No, no. Think about it. even if you're going to go fight it, like. You don't have time to stab the pythons into the thing. It's going to smack the shit out of you if you try to do that. You know, like you're climbing, you're climbing. You're like, all right, now I hammer my pythons in and then it fucking (laughs) swats you off. Right. Like you don't have a lot of time if it's (laughs) trying to murder you. (laughs) Unless it's weirdly docile, you know. That's what I mean. Like, I Um, I, I think that's why I'm saying I think you don't make any uh, don't necessarily think of hard rulings for that kind of stuff ahead of time be aware that they're a thing and if the players come up with an idea that's good on the fly then give them some sort of benefit for it and then if they don't just don't worry about it (laughs) you know yeah that's fair because um yeah they could come up with all sorts of wild shit (laughs) yeah there's options as far as uh, other games that deal with giant monsters, the the other two I have here, like I said, uh, Monster Hunter World, when you're fighting the Zora Magdaros, uh, despite how much that boss fight in of itself sucks, I think it could be pretty interesting in a, a tabletop sense. Uh, quick explanation. Zora Magdaros is basically Godzilla, and you have to climb on top of Godzilla's back and like up and down his scales and skin while someone uh, charges some sort of mechanism to like do actual damage in this case the get onto that dragonator uh, which is yeah yeah it's i think you can do some pretty interesting stuff with clocks yeah it's basically a big cannon that shoots like a harpoon um and what you could do is you have uh players on the creature who are either like fighting off ads trying to break through its scales to find weak points for the big weapon and then you have one player who admittedly might be ha- like it's it's just a, it's like a different mini game where like the player would have to make checks to dra- to charge the thing. Maybe they could use uh, a bonus action to command troops to have them like, you know, uh, do some suppressive fire or you know set up obstacles 
you basically just like command people to do things and you can give them like a small list of stuff they can do that can slow the creature's movement. Maybe you can like throw big ass nets on it to stop it from trying to shake off the party, stuff like that. I think you can have some, some fun there. So uh, it's funny you say that, or you bring that up at all. Um, because one of the reasons that I think that fight really sucks in Monster Hunter World, because the Zora Magdros fight is just not fun. Um, and I think one of the big reasons is something that you don't have to deal with at tabletop, which is the controls. Because <laughs> mm. yeah. part of the reason that fight fucking blows is you have to fight with the controls in Monster Hunter, which are sort of heavy and clunky on purpose to a certain degree, which is fine for most of the game, but really aggravating for that particular fight because you kind of climb Zora Magdaros like a dungeon thing. It's 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 weird and it's just annoying. And also you have to like beat up the dragon and then fly back over to the Dragonator cannon to fire it, which again is alleviated if you're playing tabletop because there's four of you probably. So you could do the thing where the the paladin and the wizard are on the dragon and then the fighter is is shooting the harpoon guns or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think you could do that fight. Basically, I would just run it like a big siege thing. And it's almost like the monster itself is not the priority so much as treating it like a actual medieval siege is kind of how I would try to think about it. Set up some weapons, you know, set up some defenses, barricades and shit. And then everyone has a certain job. You know, and then yeah, or or maybe what you could do is you could do the you could do the Mass Effect thing, the Mass Effect suicide mission, where it's like everyone gets assigned a job, and then you have to do each person's job in individually to make sure that we get through each step. So like you know, the fighter has to ready all the cannons and get all the troops going. Well, that's happening. Fucking harpies are attacking the fighter or some shit. So everyone else has to defend him. The paladin has to jump on the big dragon to like stab it in its back glowy crystal thing that it has for some reason. And while he's trying to do that, the wizard like has to defend him because magical bullshit's assaulting him. Or you know, like that's I think that's like the suicide mission of Mass Effect 2 is like everyone has a job they're good at. So like make them have to do the job they're good at. Hmm. That's, I think that's yeah, probably honestly, how I, I actually it. I didn't even think about Mass Effect. That's a great idea. Yeah, right. Because because the whole thing with Mass Effect Two is like, okay, the first part we need someone who's a good team leader. Uh, okay, I'm gonna choose. Spoilers for Mass Effect Two. I'm gonna choose Garrus because Garrus used to be a cop and like a squad leader and also used to lead a gang, a like anti gang strike team. So obviously he's good boss man. Uh, lead the team in to get the civilians out of the way that have been captured. And then the next part, it's like, all right, we need a really good hacker. It's like, cool. Okay. We're going to get Legion. Who's a robot. Who's a super mega geth AI sentient being who can hack really good. What a surprise. And while he's running through the pipes, you actually have to fight. You have to follow him and fight through waves of enemies and open up the doors that barricade his path. So in the D and D example, the wizard's like, okay, I'm going to imbue every cannon with fire magic uh but it's gonna take me a minute to do that you know fight come with me and defend me or whatever or like get the monster out of my way so i can abuse the cannon right same idea all that shit mm -hmm. 
or in the like with the example where you have to keep up the biotic barrier in Mass Effect, the wizard's like, all right, I can hold the shield spell around us all, uh, but they're going to keep slamming it against me and they're going to try and attack me. So while I keep the shield spell up, you kill them. Also, I have to, you know, the wizard has to make checks to keep their spell going. You're getting into the realm of like, fuck the rules. We're doing some weird shit, but like, whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. there's absolutely going to be some. Well, that's not how that spell works. And the GM's like, I know. Don't worry about it <laughs> or whatever. You know, honestly, uh, this, is, this is like a completely side thing, but I, I do feel like GMs are, should be more willing to do weird shit. You know, what's funny you say that, Isaiah? I think most GMs are willing to do that, but games like D&D make you feel like you're not allowed to. Um, it's it. There's a not just D&D Pathfinder Shadowrun. Like there's there's a there's a type of game that just makes you feel like you're not supposed to or you're not allowed to. Or if you try, the game is going to break because the math is so tight and specific and like expects certain things out of action economy and all this other stuff. But I think GMs do want to do this shit a lot of the time. I don't I don't think I don't think it's a it's a I don't think it's a lack of desire. I think it's a reluctance. You see around this a the lot. system. You'll see like a lot of the wacky and the one thing actually on that. Uh-huh. Most of it is you have to listen to like what the players say, like a lot of new play. Oh, God, I hit my mic. Oh! A lot of new players <laughs> will be the ones coming up with these crazy, wacky like ideas. Yeah. And it's all the experienced players who are, you know, used to the rules. They've read them now. They've played yeah. D&D yeah. or whatever game for a while. And they're like, well, um, actually, you know, you can't do that. Like you'll have uh, there's that fucking XP to level three video where, you know, the new players like. Can I like uh, cast detect thoughts on the demon and try and read his like who he's attacking or who he's going after? And the DM's like, oh, you know what? Actually, yeah, that's cool. And because of that, uh, I'm going to give the barbarian advantage because he knows that he was going to go after the barbarian next. And you shout that out to him. It helps him. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. It's it's a Players got to be the ones to like, I don't want to say step up, but players are got to be the one to like put the offer out there. Like, cause yeah, a lot of DMs are willing to listen, but like if you this, there's also the double edged sort of like experienced players who will try to cheese it in some way in shape or yep. fashion. And it's like, uh, DM, so I have this bag of marbles. Can I, um, can I like, cast uh transmute on these to turn them into explosive powder and then uh can i uh can i just, just shove them up the dinosaur's butt and and kill it instantly <sighs> it's like well no what the, the fuck even no what no yep <laughs> yeah i think i think particularly a thing you pointed out there matt is is spells right is that mm. i think one of the reasons uh people are really reluctant around 5e is because spells and what they do is very, very specific by design. So it becomes trickier when you're like, like even what I said, right? I'm like, oh, the the wizard holds up the shield spell. The shield spell technically by the rules lasts six seconds and only defends you, the player, like you, the wizard who cast it. But I'm like, oh, have them extend the shield dome out to defend multiple people and hold it for multiple rounds. You know, technically, the book is like, no, that's you can't. Um, yeah, you can just pull the D and D movie and just be like, 
Uh, can I expend a third level spell slot to like make my shield spell bigger? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know what? Sure. Right. <laughs> it's like, so it's like, is, okay, <laughs> this is a side thing it, real quick. I hmm. really wish there was something in the DMG or something anywhere. And I'll agree with you in this. Like, just give me somewhere that tells you, you know, not every, you know, because obviously not every spell can be upcast, but like an article or something to be like, well, you know, if a player wants to upcast a spell that technically doesn't have a higher level version of it, here are some ways that you can think about giving them like, oh, like an, a uh, list more of output up, out of the spell. A list of upcast yeah. modifiers. Yeah, so like increase the range, increase the damage, uh, increase the targets. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, change it for change what action it can be. Like, right, like, let's say uh, if you want to like, I know that that. Uh, what is it? I know that spiritual weapon you can upcast, but like in the theory, right? Let's say you couldn't and then you cast it at like eighth level. Well, it's no longer an action. It's a bonus. Sorry, it's no longer a bonus action. It's a full action, but it does double damage or something like that. You know that or maybe you summon more weapons, <laughs> summon more uh, weapons. Yeah, you can get like yeah, or get more, more attacks out of it. More weapons. Yeah. You just turn yeah. into fucking. I'm going to cast spiritual weapon and then on my next and then I'm going to action surge so I can cast guardian spirit. You're spiritual gonna, guardians. You're going to like that. This is what I thought of Isaiah. Uh, you just <laughs> turn into Gilgamesh from fate. Yes. Yes, or just weapons. start blasting with the Gate of Babylon. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that's why I think that's because this is the thing you'll notice. GMs are totally fine with the Marshall playing being player being like, can I do this wacky woohoo thing? And the GM is like, yes, Marshall player. Yes, fighter. You do that wacky woohoo thing because the fighters are so limited. But when you're dealing with the wizard, you're like, and the wizard says, you know, can I cast magic <laughs> that's a bad example can i can't i'm uh 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 can i cast detect thoughts at ninth level to read the mind of the entire crowd and the gm's like no it doesn't do that you know because hmm. you know there's it doesn't do that that's not what the spell says you know it's like you get into yeah. that and then you have to try and deal with adjudicating a spell with an effect that it doesn't have which is a lot harder than adjudicating some sort of weird fictional thing that your your batshit insane fighter tried to do Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you would be if you're dealing with the siege monster thing. You are kind of in that realm, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Let it happen. Let it into your heart. Yeah, <laughs> at least a little. Uh, the final example I had under the disable the giant monster section is yeah. So this again, is the one, the one I that I yeah. yeah is the yeah, yeah. fight against Angel uh, in near Automata. So the way that I thought about it, right is the way that you fight Angels in that game, for those of you who don't know, Angels is like a giant robot that's made out of construction equipment. Uh, its arms are like massive industrial diggers and stuff like that. And the way that you <laughs> fight it is you fight your way up its body by, you know, you know, killing a bunch of ads. And then you have to get to both of its arms to disable, both of its shoulders to disable its arms. And then you go to the head and then you hack it directly. I think with a full party of people, you can do some really interesting stuff where you can because it's like a machine, you can have players try to alter the machinery, get inside of it, start blasting away at its internals, try to like disable some of its body parts. Uh, you could potentially stop it from attacking people. Because the thing is a giant circular like tube, you have players who are scaling the thing, fighting the monster itself. Uh, and then you can have the like strike team crew jump in and try to hack it directly. That way you're sort of doing everything at the same time rather than, um, you know, one after the other. 
so that's not where my brain was going. Ah, my I brain. Real quick, but just go up with that saying. Once again, you sort of treat it like a vertical dungeon rather than. Okay, so that um, was that's what I've I was seen, about to say. I've, I've seen that before too. <laughs> that's what I was about dungeon. to say. I think the Engel fight you treat like a big dungeon, uh, where you're sort of moving from place to place and sort of hitting either targeted things or trying to do some sort of specific event. And then maybe there's other monsters climbing around, or maybe it's like in the case of big robot, maybe it could be as you climb up the big robot, it has like automated body defense systems that try to fight back against you. Shit like that. I would treat something like this as a big dungeon. Uh, and that's funny. <laughs> the thing that made me think of this, what I think you want to do is what you do in Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> Where you're on the platform and you fight the thing and its arms are what you're attacking, right? And then, so as its arms are attacking, you blow up the arms and the monster go, oh, my armies. And then eventually in 14, once you get its, you know, once you kill it, it falls down and then you walk up the side of it. Now in 14, there's like another part to the dungeon and stuff. But what you could do is you could have your players do something like, all right, stage one is destroy this thing's giant buzzsaw arms. Once you destroy the buzzsaw arms, it like freaks out, doesn't know what to do, and like, you know, sits down or falls or something. Players then run up the side of it, and now you're in the next part, and you get inside, and then, oh, inside, there's a bunch of like automated repair machines that repair the big robot from the inside that also act as internal defenses, like weird white blood cells. And now the weird white blood cell things are trying to kill you, you know, like just like keep moving this weird dungeon scenario. And then maybe at the top, you're fighting its fucking face, but its face opens up and like has. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want to fantasy it, its face opens up and attacks you with tentacles or some shit. I don't know. You know, oh, you just core that bitch. Just give it a fucking like a spirit laser. Spirit beam. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that that's how I would do this thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I yes. can see that. <laughs> Matt just showed Matt in our group just uh, shared a picture of a dungeon that is like a big fallen robot. So that's from that the kind of idea. I would, this is going to be the example. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just treat like every, you know, arms, legs, hip, whatever chest each room each one is a room of a dungeon you but climb up and then but i would say you still want to fight the monster the you still want to fight the dungeon right you still want to fight the big monster so i still think there yeah, should be that a could scenario be the, like the brain at the top. brain like or some shit like yeah, you yeah. Fight the, yeah yeah it's like funny. you're fighting seen... like i don't know a bunch of minions inside here or other goons uh trying to solve some puzzles or two to like shut down the arm or the leg or stop it from moving from the inside you know Honestly, thank God you guys are here because I, I it seems like my brain was stuck in the Mission Impossible do all the objectives at the same time. Because, uh, yeah, the, the way that you described it is the way that I would actually end up doing yeah. it. Because um, that is not at all what I was thinking. That's way better than what I had in mind. <laughs> Wait, also what, this what do you mean by? Dive. Oh, sorry. What do you mean by doing all the objectives at the same time? Like you have like like you split the party and have you know if you have a party of six for example you have two people doing each thing party three you have one person doing each thing mm. yeah that's I where think, my brain was at well I think that works for the shadow of the colossus style fight not bad or for the 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 monster hunter style fight but I think if you're doing the climb the big robot I think yeah I think you want to stage it a little no I, I agree completely yeah you guys had a way better idea than what I had <laughs> I, Fair enough. <laughs> Gentlemen, good, good work, good work. Shake good work, good, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shake hands, shake hands. Pat on back, pat on back. Yep. Good game, good game. Yeah, good game, good game. 
moving on, here's one that Josh, Josh will have more to talk about than me because he mm-hmm. knows more about this game than I do. Um, but I was thinking about raid mechanics. So that's going to be uh-huh. our second topic. How to bring in raid mechanics into your tabletop RPG of choice. And we're going to stick with D&D because that's the most tactical one that we all play. There are more tactical ones, but it's the one that we all simultaneously play. Um, the first one I was thinking about was positionals. I feel like that's the easiest one to implement with the it least is, yes. amount of headache. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, positionals are things in a in uh, excuse me in an MMO that require players to, as you can assume, get into specific positions to actually do damage or to survive certain mechanics in the fight. Or avoid um, damage. <laughs> or avoid damage. The simplest one that I can think of that's pretty universal is stacking uh, stacking characters. So in Final Fantasy XIV, you will see a, a large arrow pointing down with like a with arrows at the cardinal directions all pointing in. And the whole point is that you and all of the other players are supposed to stack on top of this one point. And when it hits you, it will distribute the damage equally amongst everyone who's there. So you will uh, end up taking far less damage when there is more people there versus not. One, one small distinction that's important on that one. Uh, the point of a stack up is to stack onto the person who is marked and distribute their damage because if you don't, they just die instantly. I thought in the Shinryu fight, there's one where you have to just get to a point on the map. Um, There are sometimes ones where you have to get onto a specific point uh, depending, but most of the time, stack ups are on a targeted person and you're distributing because what happens is the person is taking an ass load of damage and then you all stacking distributes the damage evenly amongst you so in a in a dnd context the fighter is getting targeted by the dragon's you know breath weapon or whatever the fighter is going to take 300 damage but if everyone stacks up everyone only takes whatever 300 divided by four is Oh god. Um that number. 75. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to open a calculator. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yes, you're right. 75. 75. Yes. Oh, nope, I don't Thank believe it. Thank god myself. none of us are math majors. I don't believe it. I'm checking. No, it's 75. It's 75. 75. It's 75. I'm, a genius. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I'm a neutron. Brain blast. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um the other interesting mechanic that I was thinking of uh is oh god, who is it that you have to fight? Oh, uh, Lord. I, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Describe it. Describe it. I'm trying to remember. Assuming it's a 14 fight. Yep. It's uh-huh. uh, Ravana. Oh, God. Ravana. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Ravana's okay. DPS check. The butterflies. The butterflies. Yes. The butterflies. So there's a boss okay. in 14 Ooh. called Ravana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's yep. a big bug man. He's basically just a common rider. Really? He kind <laughs> of is. Yeah. Yes. He is kind of a common um, rider. And the way that that specific mechanic works is that Ravana will spawn these butterfly-like little clusters. Uh, and as they're spawned, you as the players have to destroy them, because if you don't, he will do like a massive raid-wide attack Mass that can space. Yeah, that will kill everybody. Yeah. And that way you can have players, and this is, this is kind of similar to what I was pitching before, where you, you would have to have some players continuously attacking Ravana so that he doesn't kill everyone else you know you need like the barbarian to just get his face and to do the thing that barbarians do and then someone put up the bionicle with the axe picture (laughs) while say like 
the wizard, pretty much anyone with AOEs. You want like the wizard, the ranger, uh, uh, the monk with flurry blows, not technically an AOE, but can hit multiple things. And then they would take care of the butterflies because you would know, right? And the GM would have to make this clear to you that whatever this boss is going to do will hit all of you. There is no if, answer, buts. Yeah. So the, you're the, it's not like, oh, the barbarian will tank it. It's like, no, wizard with less than 50 HP, you will explode. And when I say explode, I mean no saving throw. You die. Explode. And they go, oh, explosion. Oh, no. no. My, my tiny squishy wizard body is in danger. We have to do something, everyone, quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think you can get a lot of really cool stuff. I keep saying um, and it's pissing me off. I uh, <laughs> Okay. This is a bit of a tricky one. The interruptions. What? I was gonna say like me in like me failing at public speaking. No, no, not that. Ah. Um, no. What I'm saying is a bit of a tricky one. Is uh, MMO raid mechanics translating to tabletop? So because, well, for, first of all, it's it's going against the grain of how the table a tabletop game usually flows right because you know a bit yeah in tabletop you're generally assuming you're getting sort of auto hit right like ac and saving throws are the dictator of being hit or not less so about position there is a little bit of position stuff obviously there's dragon breath weapon there's you know lightning bolt spell there's fireball aoe's there's some of that but a lot of the game you know the game is not 100 percent about that whereas mmo raid bosses at the end of the day if you boil them down to their barest minimum are all about where are you currently standing <laughs> right uh but that being said, the the trickier part, I think, is that part of what makes an MMO raid boss hard is that your brain has to do so many things at once. So you have to make sure, all right, I have to be standing in the correct position. Um, oh, I'm the tank. I'm about to get hit with a tank buster. I need to move away from everyone and I need to pop my damage mitigation. Okay, damage mitigation has been popped. I need to now start moving to the back of the arena because I know that in the, the flow of this boss fight immediately after the tank buster is going to be a big AOE stack up that's going to target the healers and the healers are currently on the other side of the arena. So I have to now run my ass over to the other side of the arena as soon as the tank buster goes off. Right. So a lot of that is your brain is doing so many things at once so quickly and that's what makes it hard. A tabletop you don't have to do any of that you can sit on your phone for 20 minutes with your dick in your hands and then it could be your turn and you could take another 20 minutes to decide to do with your turn and eat some cheetos and bake a pie and fill your car up with gas and it could still be your turn so if you're gonna do that with tabletop you have to kind of figure out how to still be somewhat difficult so it needs to you need to like you need to force some kind of decision making in order for it to still uh, invoke a feeling of this is tough, right? And this is a challenge. Yeah. Like you still need to have, because it's turn-based, there needs to be some sort of I need to make a choice type thing going on. And I don't know yeah, exactly so how I'd go about that, but it's hard. 
it, it would definitely be you yeah. using like like obviously legendary monsters with legendary actions, but also using their lair actions and maybe having more than one lair action go off on a turn. Like you have one go, you know, initiative 20, then initiative 10 and then initiative five. That way it breaks up and each one either sets up a big thing like, oh, the boss is going to do the Omega beam or whatever. Well, you know, so that everybody, damage everybody. And it's like on initiative five is when the, you know, that's the other uh, initiative. Initiative 20 is when these giant red fucking circles appear on the map. And the players are like, OK, we have until initiative count five to move the fuck away from those yeah. giant red circles. Otherwise, the boss is going to spew lava. At us so that's where the <laughs> other problem comes in. A huge amount of the balancing and design of raid bosses in MMOs is telegraphing. Mm. Or if there's no telegraph, it's knowing the pattern of the fight, right? Because usually what what they do with harder. So like in 14, you'll have the normal mode raid where all of the AOE attacks are telegraphed. Then the hard mode, which is called Savage, None of the telegraphs are there. You have to remember what order the abilities are being used in and where the abilities hit on the arena. The The problem there is you can't use... So pattern is out the window in tabletop, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't use the pattern option, really, unless you're going to say your players are fighting in like a time loop or something, I guess, maybe. Uh, I, so no, I actually think you can. Well, but a pattern means you have to lose and fail to learn the pattern if there's no telegraph. Right? Like, there's no way. Like, you have to. Uh, okay, I, I see, see what you're saying. So, I, I think, I, yeah, what I was thinking was. was uh, uh, I was using sort of pa- pattern and telegraphing interchangeably. Although. They're not interchangeable. I think what. Yeah. So, what you'd want to do for patterns, right, is you'd want to have things that. Uh, here, I'll, I'll use an analogy. There was a boss that I fought years ago in a campaign. Um, God damn it, I keep doing it. <laughs> Where we were in basically what looks like a massive, massive disco, right? We were in a, a, a large, or more, more, more correctly, it was the the glass panes in Kingdom Hearts, right? Where you had the large picture with the smaller pictures inside of it. I can't remember what that style of art is called. And those things would light up, and when they did, an effect starting from that thing would uh, spread across the stage. But it would not the whole thing. So you sort of had to know after the first few times, and they were like rough, but they weren't killer, right? Like it's like, oh, you're stunned for a turn, your movement is quartered. I think that was one, but it was like your movement is halved or something, uh, like difficult terrain. One was, I think one of the meaner ones was you just get like launched in the air and have to make a check to not fall. So it's stuff that will like hinder you in combat, but it won't like immediately kill you, you know? And after the first few times you start to recognize uh, where you need to be on the map to not get hit by those things while you're fighting the boss, who I believe was airborne. It just sort of forces you to think about things in a specific way, because at some point, you as the wizard are not going to want to get catapulted 30 feet in the air and then take 60, what is it? 5d6 so, uh, falling damage. So, sure. That is uh, that is a pattern to a specific mechanic, which is fine. But what I was talking about is that 
the entire boss fight in MMOs goes in a specific order. Like every mechanic is done in the same order every time. That's the ah, thing where I, I was see. saying, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. I'm do thinking that. about um, what's her name? I have her book as a summoner. Like Tsukuyomi, uh, li- how she has the moon phase, and then that goes into the her like random ass attack phase, and then it goes back to the moon well, phase. It's, and goes it's back- e- every single that's a, every boss works like like every boss in fourteen goes in a set pattern, and then you just have to learn the pattern. Like that's how you win a fight is by knowing that pattern. And but obviously in an MMO, the party wipes, you just reset the fight in D&D. If the party wipes, that's a very different scenario. <laughs> so that's what you mean when you say time loop. Yeah. Oh, well, th- yes. that could be interesting. That could be really cool. Sure, if you like, want to do a time loop, but you're not going to make every boss you have a time loop. <laughs> no, no. But it would be a really cool situation to have. Like you have these ridiculous mechanics and, you know, your players are going to fail. Like, you know it. They don't right. know it. They're going to fail because they don't, they lack information. It's the Dark Souls yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But when they die and they're like, oh, what what, what do? And then before the session ends, it goes, and then you wake up in the throne room again. And they're like, oh, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing uh, that you could do. Well, I want to try that. It's, it's tricky. Like, yeah, you could sort of find a way to make it work. But obviously, it's sort of tricky in the base of things. The other thing is the telegraphing situation. So telegraphs are only, you know, the reason they work in an MMO is because you have to use your human reaction time, right? Mm -hmm. I see circle on the ground. I have to move out of circle fast enough. If I do not move out of circle quick enough or notice circle in time, I will be hit. In a turn-based tabletop game, you see the circle on the ground and then it's your turn and you just move. There's no time constraint. You don't have to react to anything. The GM just indicates this area is going to be on fire in the next turn and you go, okay, I just move out of it and then nothing happens. So you kind of have to make a concession whether you're okay with that or not. You know, like the fact that if the player just walks 15 feet to the left they take no damage at all and they're completely untouched you know you have to kind of decide if you want to do it that way because obviously it's a very different situation and again the mental stack as it is in a turn-based game is basically nothing whereas the mental stack of things you need to have on your brain when you're playing an mmo is a lot yeah. So part of what makes you fuck up in MMOs is the mental stack and all the things you need to remember is a lot. So you make mistakes. That's part of what makes the fight hard. That doesn't really apply to a turn based scenario. So you have to kind of decide. What, I, don't, I don't really know what I would do about the like telegraphing the attack situation. I'd have to think about it. You know, your, sub- your best bet, in my opinion, would be to do it before the boss fight even starts. Um you like if they're talking to fucking uh Thordak the Cinder King and every time he gets angry in like his big bad guy speech uh like these geysers erupt around him and then throughout the fight he can get angry and the you know you can make mention the first time only do it the first time that like that those geysers are beginning to build with smoke and then he does it and then an effect happens then the players will put those two and two together 
hopefully, and we'll right. But again, are you willing to let them? Like, are you gonna show them the big circle on the ground where the effect is gonna hit, and then let them walk out of it? Right, because that's how it works in like an MMO. You're standing somewhere, big circle appears underneath you. Oh, I'm about to get hit with something. I walk out of circle, so I take no damage. Are you gonna let you? You you Are you gonna do that? You know, you could. What you could do, like push them back in. Yeah. So what you could do is have on the map itself. If you're if you want to go this hard, most people will not, and I don't blame you if you don't want to. You could, for example, have two different versions of the same map, and if you're using a VTT like Roll Twenty, you can set them as a table that can change its faces. So you can like have it throughout the fight. You can literally see the fate, like the the area change from like dark, like you know, gray rock to to molten red, and that way they can literally see on the map what the area will look like. Obviously, that's only for one mechanic, but sure. But again, are you gonna let them walk out of the circle and take zero oh, damage? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. not be affected you have at to. all. Right. Yeah, see, well, that's to. that's I think the, the, that's the that's not necessarily how the game usually works, right? So that's. That's what I mean. Like, well, it it so it doesn't, but it wants to, because you get stuff like cover, which is technically what that's supposed to, what like what that's supposed to cover when it comes to things like AOEs, right? If you're entirely to behind a, a wall, a dragon's fire cannot hurt you. Sure, yeah. But when like when you're talking about ground AOEs, it's kind of like a different, you know. It's not the problem is that it's not going to be a threat necessarily or the players aren't going to give a shit. If you just show them the big circle on the ground, this area is going to explode and then they go, okay, I move anyway. Like, you know what I mean? If they could just move out of it, it's not going to stress them or feel threatening because they have all the time in the world to just take their turn and walk 30 feet out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the tr- yes. Well, the trick there, right, is you have to um, you have to sort of play to their risk reward. So you have to make the AOE. If it's like if there's only one of them, make that AOE do enough damage to kill uh, at anything below a D8 in like two shots. Right. I mean, yeah, it has to do a lot of damage. Um, But no, I mean, like straight up half of like three quarter of wizard's health. Yeah, yeah. So they like- can't be like. Oh, I have to get out of it. Yeah, it has to or be like 80 if they damage. have like, yeah, if they've got like, I don't know, uh, uh, Melf's minute meteors or whatever, or like a fireball or something, they go, okay, do I want to stay within range of this AOE? Do I want to eat this to get that damage that might kill? Or do I just say, fuck it and run? And that'll be my turn for the round, right? You, you sort of have to force them to think that way. And then, you know, players might not want to, but that's a bit of a different situation. They could be like, nope, I'm not doing the mechanics, but if they well, die, guess you're gonna die, if then. he dies, he dies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying where you have to force. There has to be some sort of choice involved for you to do Emma because because you don't have the layer of the mental stack and the human reaction time that is controlling a character in a video game because you don't have access to that particular aspect of playing. You have to then make it choice based. It has to be a decision you make on your turn. That's harder, though. <laughs> you it know, it is, has yeah, to it's, be. It's, it's that's a lot trickier to f- to make like a meaningful choice on a per can per mechanic basis for a boss fight situation. It's not impossible, but yeah, MMO mechanics, I think, 
could be fun, but some of them are just going to be difficult. Some of them, I think, will work pretty easily. Like, I think the stack on the character to spread the damage, I think that one will work pretty easily because you say, all right, guys, the Barbarian's being targeted. The Barbarian's going to take 100 damage unless all of you stack on top of them, and then everyone's only going to take 25. And then the wizard goes, guys, I only have 30 health left. Should I... Am I joining the stack? Should I get... And then the barbarian says, mm. no, I will take it. You know, and then you, then you can have that discussion. Something like that, <laughs> I think, is good because you can... There's a choice to be made there. Like, does everyone want to tank that damage or does just one person want to take the damage or do ha two people want to... You know, there's a decision there, which is ironically different for how it works in an MMO where there's absolutely no decision. Get on the fucking stack market, you goddamn son of a bitch, or I'm going to break your fucking legs and call your mother and send you to jail. Anyway... Um, I remember uh, years ago, I watched a video with 17.8 uh, yes. and he basically did like a huge it, it was like a five hour video of combat. Just I mean, it was basically uh -huh. treated like a World of Warcraft raid. Yep. It was like tw 10 or 12 players fighting one gigantic fucking Jumumbo dragon fucking Thumberchod. And he had all these, you know, the damage stacking, the diff the red yep, circles yep. on the map. Yep, yep. Uh, there was one point where the players had to go to these four corners of the map where the, these little volcanoes were, and that's the only way they can damage him because the dragon was doing some lava magic, some shit. Uh. Um, so like doing a raid in D and D or any tabletop, just beware. It's gonna fucking. It's gonna take a Forever. long time. Yeah. It's gonna. You're you're yeah. taking whatever combat you normally have and quadrupling it. Uh, yeah. Like kinda, the time yeah. frame. Which might be cool for like the big bad evil or like, I don't know, a, a, a personal backstory side quest thing. Like you're yeah, going yeah. like, you know, you're fighting uh, a Starian's like, you know, you know, vampire X, you know, without spoiling it. <laughs> without like, spoiling oh, it, I'm a, going to lightly spoil it. Uh, I mean, no, because I kind of butchered it, but like. You could have. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Like, you know, and you make him like a, you know, a raid boss, like fucking, you know, werewolf guy. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Did you say werewolf guy on purpose there, Matt? Yes. Yeah, OK. Uh, this man, <laughs> I can't. I, was waiting. I was waiting for it. Side note, Isaiah, I just had the funny idea of uh, putting a magnets mechanic <laughs> in your tabletop. <laughs> do it. Do it just to spite oh, the bang. So yeah, 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 yeah. Just to, yeah. Throw in some magnets. That's, you know what? There's that's going to be the next fun. time. I was going to say, the next time I have Sam as a player, I'm going to do the magnets. Gonna do the magnets, players are yeah. going to have to stay within a certain like distance from each other at all times. And yep, then yep. one person, one person's going to not know how magnets work. Well, you have to remember, you have to do the polarity thing. That's the that's the trick to it. Yeah, yeah. 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 You should also look up a bunch of the gravity spells from uh, Wildmount. No, 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 no. A lot of like, gravity, like movement placing. No, 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 no. It's got to be fresh off the dome. Magnet mechanics from 14, Matt. It's got to really be pure. Trollage. I don't even know what that means. Okay, so there's a there's a mechanic that they don't use. Worry, a, we'll explain. <laughs> I'm gonna explain. There's a mechanic <laughs> they use a lot in 14, where characters will get linked between each other, and they will have polarities of a magnet, which is to say positive or negative, over their heads. Ah. Uh. So sometimes, depending, it, there's a bunch of boss fights that use this for different things. So for example. All of the players are pushed into a small area and you need to move yourself out of the area and the magnets are going to pulse. So you 
have a plus sign over your head. Your person you're tethered to has a plus sign over your head. What should you do? Bet. Uh, go, go over to them? Go towards each other, yes. Because when the yeah. magnet goes off, the plus and plus rejects, right? The mm. uh, the opposites are... What the fuck? I can't even talk now. Yeah, pa- the, yeah the two pa- positive pa- sides pa- push, yeah. push each other away from each other. So you come towards the middle... So usually what they'll do is like, for example, maybe there'll be a stack up mechanic and then a magnet mechanic. So everyone stacks in the middle to help the the tank from not dying from the attack. And then the magnet pulses go off and pushes you out. Okay. so you have to move towards your buddy. And then if there's a plus and a minus sign, you have to move away from each other so you don't get pulled too close. People have a really hard time with this at 14 for some reason and constantly fuck this up. <laughs> much I to Sam's chagrin. Much to Sam's chagrin and mine and many others. Uh, so yeah, the joke <laughs> is nobody knows how magnets work. Yeah. Uh, anyway, point uh, being, yeah, I mean, if, I, you're, if, if you're looking at raid mechanics, I do think some of them will work better than others. There's some ideas you could potentially steal from there, but you really have to take into consideration that one of the main things that makes raid mechanics hard is the fact of I have a bunch of things that I have to remember at the same time and I have to physically have my human reaction time with my controller. Those two things, not a part of tabletop, so you have to figure out a different way to sort of account for the lack of that stress. Yes. But it's not its not outside um, the realm of possibility. I, I have... No, it's not at all. Um... I have uh, the the ABCs of Cerberus here, but that's just for treading old ground from the disabled giant monster. And we've already talked about the like Mission Impossible yeah, strike team do different yes. things at different points. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to yeah. skip over that one. I, um, I, I mean, to, to describe it really quick, just in case someone's listening and like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's a fight in Final, again, Final Fantasy 14 boss where you have an A team, a B team and a C team. And you have to do uh, a-, a is... A is ads, B is boss, C is Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to do... So a bunch of ads spawn. So A team is supposed to kill the ads. B team is... It's not boss, it's belly. Because B team has to get shrunk down to tiny size. So Cerberus will eat them and then attack the boss from the inside to do a shitload of damage. And then C team has to get chains because it's Cerberus. He's chained up to these two pillars. C team needs to go and break the chains so so he can then eat the B team. So that B team can do all the damage. And then A team has to keep the ads away from B team because while B team are tiny, they take more damage. Uh, So that's what Isaiah means about splitting up the jobs and having the big strike team do their different parts of their jobs. Yeah, just to get um, the context there, because ABCs of Cerberus sounds like an insane statement with no context. Yes, it does. It does. Um, <laughs> on to the third and final section, methinks. Uh, the one that I was that I think you would like the most, Josh, would be how to do something along the lines of the infinite devil trigger health drain section in DMC three, the gauntlet that you have to fight. Oh God. I that's think that'd the, be cool. That's not the boss gauntlet. It's, it's right before it, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's, no, it's, 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 it's a different kind of gauntlet. It's, it's, it yeah, marks yeah, yeah. the like, no, no, it's even, it's before that. It's, it's before you get devil trigger technically. Because no, you I get think the it's, devil trigger no, 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 and no, no, Dante's no. like, what? No, because it's when you get the key to the gate. 
Isn't it right after open you get the devil tree? It doesn't matter. No, it's it's right before. It's right before you get to the top floor of the devil's tower. Because you, you fight Jester, and then you have to get through the massive double doors, and it's the glowing pink-like gem thing that Dante picks up. You definitely have devil trigger at that point. This never mind. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Regardless, so the, the point describe of, the mechanic. <laughs> yes, the mechanic is is in Devil May Cry Three. Uh, Dante has a sicko mode, as we're going to lovingly call it, where he can enter his devil trigger. When Dante is in devil trigger, uh, his movement increases. He does more damage. He has a health regen. All his stuff is basically buffed, right? The section in question gives you that demo trigger, which is typically timed. I think at, at its highest, it gives you 90 seconds to be a badass. But in this situation it is infinite, but your health is consistently draining and you have to make your way through the level faster, stronger and all this other cool stuff. But you are going to die if you don't do anything. And the only way to stop yourself from dying is to get uh, health pickups through killing enemies. And I think you could do this really well in D&D. Yeah, I, I think you might it, not be yeah. able to do the traversal level stuff. You could, but it'd be a little weird. Um, it'd be uh, a lot well, of minions with some harder enemies. Well, if you wanted to do the traversal part of running around the level, what you do is like map out a dungeon of some nature and uh, move through the dungeon. Basically, you're just permanently on turn-based mode. In it, you're permanently in initiative, and every, you know, you move your movement every round, and every round you take, you know, however much damage. So you With could. The do caveat it. being, you could. I think. I think the thing that would be cool. I think, and players would love this. I know they would. I would love. I think. This. I think this would be more would fun have to, to do in a fight than the traversing part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I agree. It would be more fun to do in a fight. Um. You would just give the players basically either you'd give them stuff that they get at higher level that they wouldn't get yet. So if you're a fighter, give them four attacks, just just or just give them infinite haste, double the movement, give them an extra attack. Wizards, let them cast at a higher spell slot or give them more spell slots or get, let's just say spell slot levels one to three. You have infinite of you're just juiced at all times and more give them monsters. just a. Yeah. More monsters, just more give spells. them a more spell and more monsters. Give them a bunch of minions, stuff that they can kill easily. And every time they kill it, just give them like whatever their hit die is, right? Because not only are they going to be taking damage from just passives, they're going to be taking damage from the enemies they're fighting and potentially the boss at the end of that section. And that would be cool uh, as an aside, because if they are healing and they have more resources than they would otherwise they can feel like they've accomplished something by fighting the the gauntlet to get through the boss then getting to the boss and being like oh let's go <laughs> you know <laughs> they're just ready to throw down because they haven't lost all that much even though it feels like they've been through a lot and you can make the boss way harder because they're basically at full stats whereas in a typical dungeon you either want to lighten up a little bit on the boss uh, or you want to give them maybe not as much as they otherwise would, and, you know, give them the the like reduced threat dragon stuff that they have or don't. You just say fuck it and let them suffer. Uh, but typically, you you know, you wouldn't throw the Tarask or a, a great worm at the end of a dungeon. Right. The great worm is like a we do by itself kind of boss. Again, or you just say fuck it, we ball, I which <laughs> if you're that dungeon master, you 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 are a cut above. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I have no notes on that one. Like, I, there's a bazillion, jillion ways you could do it. You could make it so that every time they kill a monster, they suck its fucking life force and regain some health. You could make it that they have to run around the dungeon in initiative order and pick up little health glor- glowy orbies to keep themselves yeah. topped up. Uh, you could do like, you know, every time they attack something, they lose health, but they could still use like healing spells or whatever. And they have extra and like every healing spell maxes, you know, there's a bazillion jillion ways you could do it. Basically, it's just like put stress, put continuous stressful timery thing and then make them have to bounce it up and down and up and down and up and down. There's there's lots of ways you could go about that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. You had something to say, Matt? No, I was just agreeing. Damn it. Matt, we need your input. I got nothing he doesn't else even to add, give really. me input on my input. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have anything to add, really. <laughs> you fuck. All right. All right, hey, well. Man, we still have 30 minutes. What are you doing? It's, hey. it's, you know. That don't be how I do, but that how I do. Yeah. It don't be how it is, but it do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The last one I had, because uh, I had six of them total. I six like of these nuts. Ho! This one. <laughs> The last one I had, which is admittedly uh, maybe not less enjoyable. I think it could be fun, but maybe it's not the one I should have ended with is the I think you could have some fun doing the Dark Souls 3 Deacons of the Deep boss fight as like a just not even really a boss fight, but like a combat encounter. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the way that you fight the Deacons of the Deep. Yes. In Dark Souls 3, (laughs) Matt, that game that you refuse to play. Yeah, Explain to me reasons. an Elden Ring lore. No. It's, the, it's not. <laughs> what? what? It's, the, it's the same style You're of game. Superior Dark Souls. It's the same style of game. What does that even mean? Matt, this what is why mean? no one loves you. What, is, what do you mean explain it in Elden Ring? What does that mean? He said Elden Ring lore. Explain. explain. Yes. <laughs> you fight a bunch of popes. What does it matter? <laughs> I say a bunch of popes. Oh, you fight a bunch of priests. You, listen, you kill like the it. Vatican. Was, you kill the listen, entire I'm just Vatican. Saying, even though you guys are the Dark Souls fan, I'm the bigger Dark Souls fan now because I beat Elden Ring and you guys didn't. So therefore, there's, I, there's you know, no I logic in that statement in any way. I just, but, okay. you know, I just that was just the most brain dead statement <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard Matt say. That, <laughs> that is crazy. That, did, that didn't. There was no. That is like full tin foil hat. <laughs> I don't. I, I played even... the newest game, so I'm a bigger fan. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, did I play the newest fucking game? <laughs> yeah, like I. What? No, no, no. I beat the newest game. You I... guys. Okay. My PlayStation <laughs> shit to bed, Matt. What do you want from me? Okay. You know what, Matt? Just, How about yep. this? How about this, Matt? How about this? Yeah, you buy yeah. me a PS4. <laughs> buy me a whole PS4. Shit, buy me a PS5. How about that? I, I, and then I will beat Elden Ring. Sir, right, I'll just, sir. I'll just get you Elden Ring on PC. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> I'm not playing console. that game from the start to the bottom with the way I play those games. You're gonna have to you play it. That's unfortunate. No, Isaiah, you're gonna have to play it from the start, no matter what. The save data is lost. The hard drive died. It might be on the cloud. You don't know. If you didn't, well, if, well, if you didn't back it up to the cloud, it's it's not on the cloud. PS4 saves the cloud on standard. No, it doesn't. It's not me. for all. <laughs> No, what, were you, what was your original point oh. before I just blurted out that nonsense? Anyway, <laughs> fucker. <laughs> <laughs> the Deacons of the Big Deep fight, boss fight is not really a boss fight in the conventional sense. It is a boss fight insofar as yeah. there is a boss health bar 
in an enclosed air mm-hmm. like arena style fight. But you're basically <laughs> health, just fighting health bar, quote unquote. Yeah. You're basically just fighting slightly weaker typical ads that you've been fighting throughout the entire map. The you, you big difference slightly stronger typical. Uh the big difference there is that you don't do right. damage to them. I I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what you were saying. I said, don't you mean slightly stronger than typical ads? No, the deacons are actually very weak. They don't do a whole lot of damage. You, they don't even really pose much of a threat, in all honesty. Okay. It's just that there's an ass load of them. And typically, when you would kill just a standard deacon, up until a point, it does a slight drain to the overall health bar of the boss, which sort of... Uh, rewards you for having big AOE style attacks, great swords, spells, what have you. But once you get down to halfway, the Archdeacon itself shows up. And if you kill that, that's the only way to do damage from the boss from there on in. The thing is, is that when you kill the Archdeacon, another priest is chosen to be the Archdeacon. So you can only damage them if you fight the Archdeacon. And I think you could have some fun with players where they are constantly making either investigation or perception checks once they get to the halfway point, of course, to find the Archdeacon and then fight their way to him to hit him. And you'd only I would say uh, you'd only want to do this. Yeah. To, to rephrase this slightly, you brutally murder the entire Vatican until the Pope shows up, at which point you kill the Pope and then the Pope possesses a new member of the Vatican and you continue to slaughter the Vatican until you kill the Pope like 800 more times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh... <laughs> What I was going to say is, obviously, that's less tedious in a action RPG where you can, you know, attack basically as fast as you can pull the bumper or trigger your choice. In a TTRPG, you'd have to cut this down to a a hard limit. Let's say you kill 25 standard deacons and then the archdeacon shows up and then you have to take your turn or take your time to find the archdeacon fight your way to him and then hit him once and you can hit like you can basically treat the archdeacon like four separate special minions they only have one hit point which means the boss overall only has four hit points past phase two but you have to attack those i keep dropping my nippers i have to stop doing that and that sort of gives you uh, a unique sort of boss fight in of itself where it's not just one thing that you're whack whack whacking all over the place uh, it sort of treats it as a, a thing that your players can do collaboratively my mouth is moving faster than my brain or vice versa I'm not sure regardless oh, okay. no no you were right mouth faster than brain yeah that's a situation where if players want they can do what I had my players do in the giant bat fight where you have one player use their action in to assist the party, either through buffs or just trying to find the damn thing, which will allow other players to either attack it or fight their way over to it. Hell, you can have a whole situation where, let's say, the uh, the barbarian is taking care of the ads, right? He's the guy that's actually fighting his way through it because he has more attacks. And let's say he's using the, the new cleave weapon mastery thing that lets you attack more than one enemy. By cutting swaths through them, he might not have enough actions to actually attack the deacon where an archer or the rogue can run in, stab, 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 and then run away. Mm. While your wizard casually commits war crimes with fireball. 
Only casual war. Only casual. I mean... It ain't uh, a war crime if it's the first time. Right, of course. Um, it ain't a war crime if it's not wartime. Um, True. I mean, yeah. You could do it. I don't know. That one sounds sort of less exciting to me, if I'm going to be entirely honest <laughs> literally what um, i said <laughs> yeah i was like yeah. it probably shouldn't have been the last one we used but yeah but like it yeah. is a, a new way of thinking about a fight like that yeah yeah the idea i think really the 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 thing that's more important rather than looking at exactly how the de- deacons of the deep fight executes on it i think the important uh takeaway you could do with that one is the idea of spreading the boss's health out to you know other stuff yeah yeah the idea of of giving the boss horror cruxes you know Mm. um that's probably the most interesting takeaway and it doesn't even necessarily be it could be the one minion has some of the boss's health and then the trap thingy has some of the boss's health and then there's a crystal in the room you have to break and that hurts the boss you could kind of split it up in a lot of ways because really the thing that makes the the deacon of the deep fight is kind of fun not because it's hard or a challenge or it's like your brain, you know, wriggles really hard when you do it, but because when you're playing Dark Souls, you know, you're going through the whole time, you're like struggling and it's taking forever to kill things and bosses keep beating your ass and bending you over the fucking countertop and all this shit. And then you get to the Deacon of the Deep fight and you just get to be a mass slaughtering sociopath as you just kill the entire (laughs) Vatican. And it's kind of fun to just dunk on these nerds who literally do almost nothing in return to you. So that's kind of the idea you should take. The two takeaways should be spreading the boss's health out and yeah. punching a bunch of nerds in the face to make your players feel cool and strong. Yeah, that's that's the mo- that's the most important um, yeah. most important touchstones for that fight, I guess I would say. Yeah, and you can also just treat it like waves, too. You know, wave one, big mob. It is kind of a wavy thing, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wave two is boss with mob. Wave three is boss with mob, but like Horcrux crystals. You have to destroy the crystals in order to hurt the boss. My brain just auto-corrects to the one Space Marine killing the Tyranids to I'm Still Standing by a... Yes. Yeah. That energy. Same, exact same energy. By John Lennon. There we go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's based. Yeah. Invoke that for your players and they'll be happy. I mean, obviously you can't do it all the time, but every once in a while to let your players just dick on a bunch of nerds is, you know, it's a good time. It might not be. I'll be honest. It might not be very fun for you as the GM to let your players dick on a bunch of nerds, but sometimes you just got to take that. L. I honestly, I, I laugh when players style on minions. I think it's really funny just to watch them go ape shit. I mean, yeah, that's the point. They're minions. They're not supposed to, like... They're supposed to eat up either player stuff, like spells or abilities, or they're just supposed to, like, kind of be put a little roadblock in between them and whatever their actual, like, goal is, fighting the boss uh, on the Horcrux. That's all well and good, but running them is often boring. Because <laughs> they're just guys yeah. who, who hit and stand in the way, usually, you know? Like, that's... Well, that's, why you, like, that's what I mean. Uh, like, I recently used the mob rules from the Dungeon Master's Guide, and that you know, it was quick and easy. You have to do a little bit of math, but it's not not that hard. I refuse to use the mob rules. I fucking hate. That's neither here nor there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but let it be known, I hate those rules. They're not bad. I don't know. Nah. There's probably one that's nah. more fun, but like it's easy. Nah. 
But anyway, it's fine. You know, and it, it kind of annoys me because D&D already had a great mechanic that they could have used for mobs, which is swarms, and they just they just didn't. Yeah, the swarms are... I, I like them. Well, you, as they are right now, not that interesting, but you could very easily expand the swarms into a proper mob-style mechanic. No you problem. Could. I, the, the thing it's that what I Star Wars want. did. Star it Wars did, did yeah. exactly that. The thing I, uh, I want from that you can't really do with swarms is I kind of want positional control over them. If you could, if there was a way, and you can't really do this in a VTT, fair enough, but if there is a way that you the, the swarms could take shapes to like box players in or divide them, I mean, to sort of do, divide and conquer. Why couldn't you do that in a VTT? Just describe it fictionally, draw on the map. Use both you can, uh, you can set it's them all, to like it's all fictional, there's not like... Yeah, it's fictional, but you can still, it's going to be fictional in real life, too. Like, you can't stretch out your mini in real life, either. I forgot what the... They just made a new swarm. I think it was probably in Van Richten's Guide, where it was like probably. Swarm of Zombies or some shit. Yeah, probably. And they literally, yeah, their like whole that. the whole thing is they move into... They're allowed to move into other players and other creatures' spaces. Yeah, yeah, because they swarm around. And then once you do, the player is basically stuck there and has to, like, Jon Snow fighting his way out of the army pile yeah. of man, like, fucking break out of it or he's just gonna get slapped the, at lunch i think the thing that was particularly cool about how it was ha- how minions were done in star wars is that uh a, a, a cluster of minions was actively better and then got worse as you took them out so for example a stormtrooper would only have one or two wounds uh and then a cluster of stormtroopers if there was you know four stormtroopers they would have eight health or whatever it was and every time you dock down two points of health fictionally you killed one stormtrooper and they actively got worse at shooting and using all their skills because there is less stormtroopers so their skills actually get worse and when there's more of them their skills got better so that was the thing that i liked a lot that DD doesn't do they do the damage like a swarm of whatever you know does less damage once you get it to half health but that's that's literally it like you could have done so much more with that you could have said like oh when the swarm gets below half health, uh, dock all of their skill bonuses, and then when they get below a quarter, dock their damage, their skill bonuses, and their to hit bonus. You know, like there's so many ways you could do it. Obviously, you could just do it yourself, but you know what I mean. It should. I I think that would be a totally easy way to go that the game just didn't, unfortunately. C'est la vie. Yeah. Yeah. C'est la D and D la vie. Life D and Oh, fucking got him! We should close out. Of I hate myself. That's, uh, it. That's the closing notes. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you've been pretty quiet most of this. Do you have any examples of uh, of some interesting video game fight mechanics that you can bring in? Uh, I know you said you have some for Baldur's Gate, but like you were trying to avoid tabletop like. Do you have anything uh, so maybe off the dome? So originally, I, I misinterpreted the topic. So all the things I had from Baldur's Gate were everything except for like one or two things from combat. How does this I keep mean, happening? Not really sp- <laughs> hmm? How does this yeah, always happen where me and Isaiah have an idea and then me and Isaiah are like, yeah, uh-huh, makes sense. And Matt misunderstands well, us I every time. The original thing was like <laughs> video game scenarios and making them fit. And I'm like, oh, okay, I have all these things from Baldur's Gate I can use. <laughs> and then it went on to no, actually, specifically combat, and I'm like, well, oops. 
Um, well, I mean, I, if you have if you have some non-combat ones from Baldur's Gate, no, I think no, that no, works okay. as long I mean, as they're not too. No, 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 no. Like, give it. Let, yeah. Let's see it because I no, was because I have. Uh, well, I was gonna say I, I just for just real quick because you know again Baldur's Gate. It's not really. Spoilery. We're not giving you a choice, Matt. Explain your examples now. No. No. Nope. Now. Uh, like one thing you no. could add to your game, the uh, you know the 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 minor uh, damage roll, like the piercing, you know, piercing strike, cleave, all that shit. What? Which again. D and D, they're they're going to be doing, and you know, one D and D's nuts. Oh, no. you just mean the the weapon bonus actions? Yeah, the weapon bonus stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's about to be in the game, but yeah, it's about uh, to be to, in the game. To explain Isaiah, every weapon type had unique bonus action, or every weapon had unique bonus actions uh, that it could or execute on that you could specific do actions oh, yeah. that yeah. you could only do once per short rest usually. So like, great axes had cleave. Long swords had like a pommel strike. Um, daggers had like a a, a, a wounding. Uh, what do they call it? Slashing flourish or something like that, where you would flourish, like, I think, where you would wound uh, somebody and they take like bleeding damage. Bows and arrows had like piercing strike, piercing which strike, I and, ha- and hamstring strike. Yeah, which would yeah, you know you, you, you unfortunately lost me at the once per short rest. But, that kind of bums me out. Well, it, I mean, that's a very different... In Baldur's Gate, that's l- way less of a restriction than it sounds. Yeah. Mm. Because short rests are... Ju- you only get... You get two short rests per day, so there's that. Uh, so you get three mm. of them in a day, and you're basically supposed to long rest a lot in that game. So you're, yeah. you have them pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. I see. They're also pretty strong, so them being at least semi-limited is not that unreasonable. Yeah. Like, one of them, I think, can stun an opponent, if I remember correctly. A dazing okay. strike or something? Oh, no. Or does it give you... Adv- they're, they're, no, no. There's a hammer. One of them... A couple of them are like, damn, that's actually pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. I see, I see. Anyway. Uh, Matt, do you, do you have any non-combat ones? Because now I'm actually quite interested in those. Um, but I kind of actually now I'm looking at I do have a couple of combat ones I do want to mention just just okay. throw them out there. No, but you do have some combat ones. No, you're not allowed to hear the mod combat ones. Matt says no. You're uh, the terrain <laughs> environment stuff like Baldur's Gate three has a lot of like again they play with the environment a lot. That's both can be a boon and a uh, you know bane for players. Like you can push a goblin off a mountain, but then again I've had instances where. The goblins would be like, oh, a mountain, and just fucking yeeted me off. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shame. Yep. Or uh, pools of lava in certain areas. I don't know why I'm really stuck or fixated on the lava bit today. But like, you know, you're fighting next to a pool of lava, and the fucking enemy wizard's just like, hmm, it'd be a shame if I used, uh, uh what's it called? Thund- thunderclap or whatever? Yeah, thunderclap, the one that blasted Yeah, thunderclap backwards. right now Thunder- blasted everybody Thunder into wave. lava. Thunderwave. Thunderwave, thank you. Thunderwave or some shit, and you're just like, well, that, that's unfortunate. Uh, which, as a DM, again, uh, that that's one of my biggest, biggest issues that I'm trying to fix is adding like more interesting environment and terrain shit for both like my players to use. I mean, that that's something that's technically already in the game. Yeah, yeah. technically, it's in the game, but it's always something to like think about because it's always like, I don't know. I, as a DM, I struggle with it. It's funny. So they kind of made me go, oh, yeah, Baldur's Gate does it this way. Oh, it's funny you say that, that because uh, Divinity actually had way more of that 
yeah, so I much with the acid stuff. The and, a- so like you could electrify water, you could freeze water. Oh my god! Don't you could me. melt the ice. You could use the acid gas, which would then explode with the fire. There was a lot of that shit. Uh, so much yeah. so that they specifically avoided putting as much of it in Baldur's Gate because people actually got annoyed with how much there is in Divinity. I I got stun locked in a combat oh, one yeah. time oh, and yeah. I just uninstalled the game immediately afterwards. It was like yeah. I got ambushed. Oh I killed one guy. He literally kept lightning striking the water puddle I was standing on. Yep. I was stunned. Yep. He would do nothing on his turn. Yep. Then on, I would be end my stun, and then on his next turn, he'd shoot the fucking water puddle again with a lightning bolt. And I'm like, you fucker, just shoot, <laughs> just kill me, just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I hope that I hope that doesn't get added to Baldur's Gate three, or I will be very miffed. I don't know if you can electrify water. I don't know. I know you can like they have the freezing. Um, you freeze water like you, you can, can freeze, freeze the ground. I don't know if I came across the scenario where I froze any water. No, I don't remember, mm-hmm. though. I'm going to mix this stuff up. I know you could you can uh, freeze the ground like at like um, ice arrow or ice knife puts like an ice area. On oh, the maybe that's what I'm, I'm mixing up with that. Uh, what else I got? Uh, bonus action potions and elixirs. Question mark. Oh, I'm still. Oh my god! I just yeah. Uh, that's a whole giant topic. So I'll, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. You then, can do uh, it if you want to do it. Just be aware that you're giving your players actively more healing in a game where players already. Well, are it's quite not even strong. just bonus, like, healing potions. Just potions in general. Yeah, yeah. You're giving your players a direct buff in a game where they are already quite strong. So just take that into account. Yeah. Um, and then the golem fight, which I don't want to get into because spoilers. Fuck that fight. I hate it. I hate the Grimforge fight so much. Um. Ugh. Oh, and then also just add like we we talked about minions and mobs and shit, you know. So, which I noticed a lot of a lot of the Baldur's Gate fights, there's a lot of bad guys. You're finding a lot of them like yes. in groups and shit yes. constantly. And it's like, oh, in D and D, it's like they want you to like, no, it's like, oh, the player should be fighting one big ogre, and it's like, no, action economy exists for a fucking reason. That ogre yeah. is gonna die before it gets a turn. The problem you, know you do. Add a ogre and like five gobos, and there you go. The problem is that in a game like Baldur's Gate, you can have a fight where because there are some fights in Baldur's Gate where the the there's so many enemies, the initiative counter just goes off the screen at the top, yep. like it just disappears into the abyss because it's such a lot. There's so many people taking so many turns, mm-hmm. particularly towards the end of the game, the final fight. There's so many things; it's, it's insane. But um. The thing that works there, you're not going to do that in a tabletop context because, you know, the enemies are controlled by the computer and it can just make all of the decisions for them really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then they just do everything. And also, if the enemies are next to each other in initiative, they can take simultaneous turns. In real tabletop, you got to do all that shit your damn self and it takes yeah. forever and no, not happening. And you have to track everyone's health and all this other crap. It is a little alleviated if you use minions uh, because they just have one HP. Yeah. But I think it's even further alle- alleviated if there was some good swarm rules. Then we mm. could, you know, do something with that. But yeah, you know. Yes, <laughs> action economy is the way it is. No, the game is not designed for you to fight big singular monsters most of the time. Although I think they're maybe shifting away from that a little bit. I think that mythic monsters are intended to basically be fought alone. 
uh, which is yeah. good. I think something that would help is if they specifically made monsters that were designated as these are the ones that you could do where they fight by themselves and they have a little tag and that tag says boss. But it's fine. Yeah. It's well, fine. I know the MCDM book, they have that where they're like solo. Yeah. Um, it's like this monster yeah. meant to fight by Man, itself. It's or almost like D&D had that and then stopped having that for some fucking reason. Bring <laughs> that back, wizards. It was a good idea. Stop throwing the baby right. out with the bathwater. Anyway. Uh, they just looked at you and went, no. That's basically what they <laughs> yeah. did. So, yeah. And I guess to end on, uh, on one non-combat one, uh, magic items that are or spell, uh, items that just have one spell in it. Just for players. There's, how many times have you, Josh, a have you ran into jump? like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how many times have you found like, uh, uh, oh, you know, uh, not even a wand of fireball, but like, Oh, a staff that gives me the shield spell for free or like a headband that gives me uh, detect thoughts or comprehend languages for free. Like, you know, do it. it's fine. Like sure. a little like one one. Yeah. Are you saying wait, are you saying a a item that has a one use consumable like spell like you use it once and uh, that's it? Or just has a spell it, in it? Like, because in Baldur's Gate, a lot of the time, I think it's either it allows you to cast the spell once for free or just indefinitely. Yeah, the indefinitely. I'm trying to, I'm mean, trying to remember, <laughs> but like if you would convert that to D&D, you probably want to switch it to like a certain amount of times a day. Well, items with spells that you can keep using somewhat indefinitely already exist. Uh, but. The idea, you know, like a bead of or, or a necklace of fireballs, for example, right? Like, that's yeah, yeah, what but like is. more of those. Yeah, um, like more examples of those in natural game, because otherwise it's most like, uh, you know, like critical role, like you found a scimitar. All right, cool. What does it do? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, you you can cast Misty Step with the scimitar. Oh, shit. This scimitar is way better than I originally thought. See, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not against the idea, but I do think you got to be a little bit hesitant because spells are, in a lot of ways, the thing that breaks the game more than anything else. So right. handing spells out on magical items, you just got to be a little careful. But yeah. if it's a one-time, one-pump chump spell, like you get a necklace of fireballs that only has one charge and then it's done, those you could be a little more hand out like candy if you want because... It's gone once they use it. Or there was a there was a cloak for Gale where it's like this uh, this cloak gives you uh, cold resistance and allows you to cast armor of Agathis once yeah. a day for free. Yeah, that so would be literally be like ah yes my morning ritual cast mage armor then armor of Agathis and then yeah. <laughs> all my other spells. I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I guess that that would be it for me. That's the only non-combat one you have. Uh, I had a couple more, but it's already getting pretty, pretty late. Matt. No, sorry, man. Sorry. Matt Isaiah. Let's be down. Isaiah. Let's be down. Isaiah Matt doesn't love me. It's okay. Blast. Yeah. Cock, blast. Cock off. Got it. <laughs> Isaiah specifically requested Matt and you just said no. I gave him one. He wanted more. Uh, all right. It's uh, fine. It's fine. I get the inspiration system. I ma- I mentioned that a couple times already, though. I don't. I, you guys I mean, have to be a little more specific, bud. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, how it works is each character, depending on their backstory or their their background that they their pick, background, yeah. have a specific trigger that kind of like will 
allow you to earn inspiration through other like uh, player characters or NPCs. So like one of them, I forgot it was Carlac, uh, because she's an outlander. If you cast a spell that grants her the flight ability, then you'll get an inspiration point. It's Does it only or, work uh, once? Shadowheart, if yes. you discover some sort of, because of her, uh, what do you call it? Alkalite background, if you find or, or show or any like religious show her text some or Salune religious shit, yeah. Yeah, or like pass a religion check in front of her, then you'll earn inspiration or Gale magic shit, you know? They all, yes, they all proc once. It, honestly, the way Baldur's Gate does it is not that different from how actual 5e basically handles inspiration which is to say oh you did a cool thing here's inspiration that's basically all Baldur's Gate is doing the only difference is that Baldur's Gate is trying to tie it to something a little more a little more um tangible a little more tangible yeah Yeah. so Baldur's Gate that's why I want more yeah the the difference is that you know it'll be like all right uh uh what brain Lazel is a soldier uh, so if you defeat, you know, or it's like uh, you kill a mind flare in front of her. You get yeah, you kill a mind flare in front of her because she fucking hates him and she's a get Yankee soldier. You get inspiration. Yeah. Uh, OK. Yeah, it is. It is a very similar idea. But yeah, it's it's like it's linked to a more tangible thing. So it feels a little more. Um, It feels a little bit more actionable. I guess would mm-hmm. be the idea. Like it's, and it also feels more relevant to the characters as opposed to just being like G the GM being like, Oh player, you did me a funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, yeah, this would be, yes, I like that. That's good. It is very good. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it only being a one proc thing. Although I guess if you're, it's your background there stuff, is, you have multiple background things. There so that, is you know, you can so many each. of them in the game. It doesn't matter ah, that it's see, a one proc. Right, yeah, that's there is so fucking many of them. And you got to keep in mind, too, the other thing with the game is inspiration is a pool, right? It's one character because you're playing by yourself. Inspira- you know, inspiration is not per character. It's an inspiration point for the party. And you yeah, can yeah. have four of them. So... That's another reason. So, pracking it on Shadowheart, you know, procking Shadowheart's inspiration gives you the main character the ability to use that inspiration. So that's another reason that they're only one shot, one one time procs. Gotcha. Nice. I mean, yeah, we made it two hours. Fuck yeah, guys. Let's we did it. I was. We had to yank winded. Matt's teeth on that one. Apparently, we but, did. You know. We did. Uh, but we made it. That's what matters. Even though he said he still has more. Yes. It's fine. He just wants to hurt me. Say, I'll save him for next time. No, you won't. It's a bold face. Well, not with that attitude. It's a bold face lie. It's fine. Matt's just hurting me at a personal level because he doesn't like me. It's okay. I understand. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, before we pull, <laughs> we before we bring it all to an end, uh, Josh, do you want to do want to do the thing and tell him the thing? I don't want to, but I'm morally obligated. And by morally obligated, I mean socially obligated. And by socially obligated, I mean this is the thing that you have to do if you want to sell your soul to the influencer devils, which is the algorithm. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. But Josh, don't you mean follow us on X? No, we're not on a porn site. I'm going to stab you. (laughs) Why would would you say to follow us on a porn site? That's ridiculous. (laughs) 
Yep. Yeah, we're gonna be streaming on Chatterbait, you know, uh, soon. Uh, follow That's us. a very different kind of stream. <laughs> I will be on there, but not this. Not this will not be the type of topics. If you, yeah. Nice. Uh, what I will say is, if you have <laughs> any ideas of, of video game based things that you can bring uh, into your TTRPG, let us know in the comments. Because uh, just based on what we talked about today, I got some ideas, and I'm very excited. I just want to see what you got. Why'd you say that? In case your ideas suck, in which case. Why'd you say that so creepy? Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see y'all later. Oh, later.